Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Nina Carberry is an Irish Grand National Champion. She's a seven-time Cheltenham winner. She's the first female jockey in Britain and Ireland to ever win a Grade 1 race. By every metric, she's a true pioneer of horse racing. Now she tells her own inspirational story. Nina, it's uh, great to have you with us. You haven't done too many of these kind of interviews. Has that been something intentional or just the opportunity never really came up? Or not really, that didn't really come up, but um, it's lovely to be here today. Yeah, no, it's great to have you with us. I want to go right back to the start, obviously. Uh, what a house to be growing up in, you know, your dad, Tommy, obviously, jockey, trainer, a whole host of jockeys in the family, notably, of course, uh, Paul and Philip. Mm. What was that house like in County Meath growing up? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was eventful in a way. Um, no, brilliant. And never, never stuck for something to do in a way. And uh, no, obviously watching Paul growing up and, he was 10 years older than me and then Philip was four years older than me. So watching their success and um, it definitely made me try it harder in a way and, and follow in their footsteps. Can you remember your first time on a horse or were you so young that you you didn't actually recall it? Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, I, um, my mother had a Jack, um, sorry, a, a, a lovely pony called Jack. And uh, he, he was a pony that mum used to sit up with us on when we were quite young. So we never really... I suppose learned how to ride but we kind of just it just came and um yeah no kind of went from there and uh just practiced the whole time and just through fun really rather than being being taught and uh we ended up doing pony, a pony club and with the road union so we went from there and learned how to trade through the pony club and went hunting and did the show jumping and uh the one day events and that all helped for me in a way all the way through the the lads didn't quite do the the event in so much but um no it helped me in a way through through to learn what i was meant to do this may sound like either the worst question of all time or or a decent question but was it always going to be racing for you because i suppose growing up in that family you're either destined to race or else you'd carve out your old path and go in a totally different direction but was it always racing for you? Um, I just kind of landed into it really. I didn't, obviously I've always wanted to be a jockey and, and have a go. And uh, it kind of went from, I, Barry Garrity came over to the house one day and dad was riding in a charity race in a pony race. And um, he said, we'll get you a spin as well. And I think it was only 11 at the time. So he said, bring your helmet and, and your stick and <laughs> we'll find a pair of boots for you. He said, <laughs> I said, grand, okay. So I went to the, po the pony race and watched my dad riding the charity race there. And, uh, Went from there and sure enough, the one that Barry got me on won. And uh, it kind of went from there and people asked me to start riding for them in, in the pony races. And uh, Lee McIntyre was a good supporter of mine starting out there and um, had a few winners, had a, had a winner of Dingle and this all propelled and uh, I learned a lot. And um, my father was there to give me my first ride on the track and I kind of went from there really. Did you always feel, even as a female at that stage, like just another, just another rider in the house? 
Uh, yeah, I, obviously I'd looked and there's not many women riders and um, there was a lot more in the flat than there would have been jumping. But um, I suppose, I suppose I, I'd grown up with five, five brothers and um, it kind of hardened me up, I suppose, <laughs> to, to be ready for a male-dominated sport. But um, yeah, no, I didn't feel at all. They never treated me like a, like a girl, as you'd say. Um, no, I was always just treated the same. And um, if I was good enough, then away with you. <laughs> just um, just on them kind of hardening you up, so to speak, like one of the things that comes out every time I talk to people the last couple of days about you and even watching interviews of people talking about you is that competitiveness you have. Now, I know to be an elite sports person, you have to have that, but people say you have it in, in buckets full. Was that born in the house, like you said, that it, it, it was so competitive with, with so many jockeys there? I suppose there's just probably Paul and Philip and Thomas and my brother Mark were all very good riders and I suppose when you're around people that are very good, you, you improve yourself. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had a, a, a massive advantage that way that I had a lot of good riders around me and I was watching them all the time. So that helped a lot and um, helps you be competitive as well and want to be better than them. So no, that would definitely have helped me along the way. So great relationship, obviously in the house, so many influences, so much competitiveness. I want to talk about the relationship with Noel Mead because that was obviously key in your journey and your story. Um, he said when you were eight or nine, you were riding a horse called, is it El Travatore? Could have been. I don't That's what he said. Um, and he said he never forgets, even at that young age, when you rode that horse, straight away he knew you uh. had something special. Did, did, did Noel in some ways see something in you that at that stage maybe you didn't see yourself? I couldn't tell you. He was <laughs> so, he, I suppose he's been around a long time. He's seen a lot of riding. My father rode for, for Noel yeah. and... Uh, He's been around a long time, so um, I rode my first winner for Noel, so I was very grateful to get me on the, on, on the board. And uh, yeah, no, Paul used to bring me in to, to Noel's any days he could and when I was off school, so that was a massive start as well. I kind of knew the, the, the place when I was working in, I kind of half knew where I was going and stuff. It kind of gave me an edge, I suppose, as well. And uh, yeah, no, obviously starting that young, you're, you're going to be better younger. What was that relationship with Noel like and how key was that to, I suppose, the, the, the journey that you went on and that we'll, we'll hear? Well, he definitely gave me the opportunities. Um, I think I had the winner in Cheltenham, Dabaroon, my first winner in Cheltenham, yeah. and I was still claiming five at the time and I was half thinking of turning at the time. And um, Niall Madden, who was Noel's um, amateur at the time, was starting to turn, so he said he was going to have no one to ride for him as an amateur. Would I would I consider it? And I thought about it then. And um, my father and Paul both said, listen, you, you, it's a great opportunity. You'd be able to ride in Cheltenham. You'd have a lot of rides and um, sure take it. it it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant opportunity. And it was, and it was, it was the right one for me at the time. And um, I didn't look back and uh, we had great success. So obviously under Noel, obviously your first winner, the Curra 2001, you're just 16 at this stage, not even, you're a few days shy of your, yeah. your 17th birthday. What was that like? And, and I suppose, does it really sink in what's happening or are you so young at that stage that you're just purely going on adrenaline? No, it was brilliant. It was the ladies' derby and that, that was an amazing day. Uh, my granny was there and um, my dad and my mother. So it was brilliant that everyone could, um, could be there. I think Noah was at a mead match, mead, <laughs> mead all, so he wasn't there. But uh, no, I really enjoyed it and um, it definitely gave me the bug to, to, to keep going at it. 
obviously at this stage now we're heading towards the the turn of the century and um, the landscape is very different as it is now for for female jockeys uh, you know I read a piece with Charlotte Budd who of course was the the first female to race in the ancient Grand National she said there was no changing rooms for the females and they made up makeshift one under the stand and someone you know stuck a stuck a, a sign on it for her benefit just just what was it like at that stage you know trying to make your name as a female jockey and, and the conditions that there were um, yeah, they're definitely, the, the conditions have definitely improved a lot um, between changing rooms. There was a few in Ireland that didn't really have any changing rooms that kind of gave you a cloakroom or something like yeah. that. So, But that's changed an awful lot now and um, it's brilliant to see. And that um, we're, we're nearly on par with, we are on par with the lads now, you know, with changing room wise and being catered for and, and that. So it's great to see that they are... Um, that it's accepted now, you know, that there is going to be plenty of women riders coming through and um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good to see and I definitely felt that at the start that um, it definitely needed improvement and it's nice to see now that it, that it has. Obviously, you know, you were a trailblazer, you know, at the time. How, what was the reception like from, from the male jockeys at the time as, as this, this young up-and-coming female, female jockey was making her name? I think... Um, yeah, no, it was it, obviously they weren't saying it to my face or yeah, anything, yeah. but uh, no, it was uh, it was always very they were always very positive and um, very they were always congratulating you, you know. So um, I think anyone that's watching even Rachel Blackburn now is delighted that she's getting on so well. So it's um, nice to see people like that doing well. So you're you're just gone 17, first win of the Curra. Uh, and what's next? For you presumably you're trying to get as many rides as you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Geraldine was a big big help for me as well and um, I used to ride out there a little bit and he used to support me a lot during the beginning and uh, yeah like you obviously need a trainer behind you to give you get you up on the right horses and he definitely supported me in the ladies races and any other race he I think he put me up on his first my first point of pointer as well um, I think it was a four-year-old point of point and he definitely supported me a lot and gave me the opportunities um, that people don't even realize that he did and um, we're very grateful for that and uh, yeah that's what you need is people like that putting you up and um, yeah so that's how I kind of got rolling and I think I rode about nine or ten winners for him in one season so he was definitely one person that um, supported me very early on. And presumably at this stage the conference is just building and building as to as to what we will talk about what you will achieve in the years that, that are ahead but at this stage the conference must be on the up. Yeah definitely um, the ladies races as I said helped a lot to um, to help me improve and to probably show that I was able to do it as well. And um, just a stepping stone onto riding against the lads and riding against the professionals as well. So uh, yeah, no, it's then I obviously had to get rides over jumps as well. And um, obviously Enda helped me doing that and over the banks. And I went there every every week, every Friday and religiously and uh, learned, learned so much down there. And um, yeah, he was a brilliant supporter of mine as well early on. Obviously, you know, the life of a jockey is, is tough. Um, you know, the falls, the never-ending schedule, um, you know, ju just the bumps. How would you sum up even the diet? How would you sum up how, how difficult it is? I know any sport is difficult, but how difficult the life of a jockey is? Yeah, it's gas. I was only thinking that today. Like, when you step back, you only realise, God, I never took a break at all. And <laughs> yeah. um, that's what it is. Like, a sport is that. You know, if, you, if you're... If you're successful, you don't want to step back. You need to to keep keep it up. And um, yeah, there was. Uh, I definitely have to pay thanks to my husband Ted because uh, he was there all the way for me. And um, 
I don't realise how much I put them through and I, don't, I can't go on holidays now, I have to ride in the bumper and, and uh, you only realise it then when you stop and you go, whoa, that, that was very, that happened very quick. Over 15 years, I didn't really get to travel a whole lot or whatever, but that's the sacrifice you take and um, I was glad that uh, Ted understood, you know what I mean? It's very probably hard to be with people that don't understand, so it was nice that um, Ted understood um, a lot about racing, do you know, while we were going out and then we got married. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy sport, but, um, I was lucky enough. I got away without too many injuries and, uh, yeah, so I bet definitely the schedule is probably the hardest thing because it's relentless and it's weekends and the Sundays and the summers and the nine o'clock, you're not getting home from Ballinrobe until what, one o'clock in the morning. So these are things that people don't realize and you're up probably seven o'clock to ride out in the next the next day and you know that just keeps happening and yeah no that is definitely one thing that uh, that's the hardest that was the hardest but in if if you take your eye off the ball you you, yeah. you just have to stop so um no it was definitely something that um that you don't realize until you step back out and just as regards the bumps as regards the falls what was what was your worst or was there any ever moment that you kind of got scared or thought Ooh, that was that was a tough one no too bad thank god um i um i got a fall i think in over the national fences in england i i cracked my kneecap so that was one that was quite sore it uh, didn't take too long to heal now thank god it was only five weeks or so but it was very sore at the times like banging the knee anyone knows it's banging the knee is sore yeah. um another time i was in i think it was one of the race courses here anyway I, the railing went through my boot I was lucky not to lose my little toe and uh, yeah that was quite scary because I had to get up on the scales and there's blood everywhere <laughs> on the scale yeah. so uh, yeah there were two incidents that were that were I was lucky enough I didn't get away I got away lightly I suppose how do they affect you, I suppose? Because like, like in any sport, you've an injury, but that, that's a quite a gruesome one. And the fact that, like you said, as ASAP, you have to literally get back on the horse. Yeah, you don't, you try not to think about it too much. Like if you start thinking about it, then you need to give up, you know? So uh, if you start thinking about it, as, just no, it's no point, no point going on because, you know, you're, you're starting to think about it. So you just move on and just forget about it. And, you know, it's like a, if you ride a bad race, you, you can't dwell on it. You have to start thinking on the next ride. 
going through your head as you have your, your first Cheltenham winner? Because I remember seeing Ruby Walsh talk recently and he said, listen, he's had so many great wins at Cheltenham, but you never forget your first one. What's, what's going through your head on that first win? Yeah, so um, I, I picked up the ride week before. Um, I was a five-pound claimer at the time. And um, um, I'd had another... I have, I've given another ride as well for the bumper, and he was favoured. So I was really looking forward to riding him, but he was the day after. So this was the first day. And, uh, yeah, it was... He was a 21 shot and he had an each way chance. So yeah, I was looking forward to it and uh, went out and kind of, he was jumping brilliant the whole way around and uh, just went from passing a few horses to like, oh, I'm gonna go well here and then turned in and I actually passed my brother Paul and he was like, what, well, Nina? So <laughs> I kind of had a, re oh, I, I might win here. So uh, yeah, so turned in and he was still going well and jumped the last and he went away and won by 20 lengths and it was, Unbelievable feeling. I think this is what I dreamed of, like from when I was a young kid watching Paul winning and Pete and Philip. Oh, it's unbelievable and uh, it's great to be a part of it all. And the, the walk back is is an unbelievable feeling because it, it's just such a long walk back. It doesn't end that right there and then. So it's nice to enjoy it. And uh, no, it was a brilliant feeling. It's um, it's a incredible feeling, I'm sure. And it was a great win, but it's it a great win on so many levels. It was your first, but you also became the you know the first female jockey to win at Cheltenham for 18 years yeah. as well. So hugely significant. Is the enormity of that sinking in at this stage as you're, as you're making your way in? Oh, not at all. I'm yeah. not even thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Rachel Bogner yeah. said, I don't even know. I'm not even thinking male or female. I'm yeah, just thinking exactly. I'm, do you know? Yeah. So but I didn't even think of that all, all that at all. I was just riding my own race and not thinking that I'm the only woman that have, do you know? So no, it was, it was obviously brilliant to achieve it. And um, it's great that it started the ball rolling for girls, you know, and I'm delighted that, that like, we've had so much success now since then. On those big races, you kind of touched on it there, but, you know, I know from looking as a, as a fan, let's say, and, and experts will say the same, or even, you know, a punter, if you have a few quid on a, on a horse, you're kind of thinking at some point, oh, my God, I think they have a chance here. As you as the jockey, at what point in a race, in any race, do you think I, I may have it here? Um, kind of halfway. Halfway, yeah. you kind of have some idea, you know, if this the horse is jumping well or if he's traveling well and you're starting to travel coming down the hill in Cheltenham especially and you're still traveling and you, you're looking in front of you and you nearly know that they're they've gone too fast or you know I'm definitely going to finish well so that's that's basically where that comes from and uh, yeah no definitely it's a great feeling to to know you're traveling well coming down the hill in Cheltenham. We spoke about how magic Cheltenham is there. You've had a great relationship with it. Of course, you were the uh, champion amateur in 05, 06, 06, 07, seven-time Cheltenham winner as well. H how would you sum up that place and what that place means to racing? Oh, yeah, it's our, it's our Olympics of our sport because that's where everyone aims for at the beginning of each season. Everyone wants a Cheltenham winner. Everyone wants... It kind of defines everyone's season, really. If you have a Cheltenham winner, you've done, you've done brilliantly that season, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's basically what everyone really strives for for the whole season is having a winner at Cheltenham. Can you take it in more? The more Cheltenhams you get under your belt, do you, do you kind of does it sink in more? Or, you just or want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just yeah. want more. Yeah, it never it never um, fails, and especially when you ride a when you ride a a favorite, that's even better because everyone is cheering you in. You know the roar and the atmosphere like it. Just there's no other place like it. There's no other place like. When does the Cheltenham buzz start for a jockey? Is it just after Christmas that you're thinking, yeah. right, get yourself in, in order for Cheltenham? More or less, yeah. Kind of, you know, what, what's happening, especially, obviously, not for me so much, but the professionals probably know what horse they're going to ride and what's going where. So, yeah, more so just after Cheltenham or just after Christmas when they kind of half know where they're going.
Another massively significant milestone, of course, was the Irish Grand National 2011 organised confusion, yeah. um, winning that race. Presumably that's another one of those races that you ran yeah. a thousand times as a kid, yeah. you know, growing up. Just what did that mean to you? Oh, unbelievable. Like, to, for, for my dad to, to ride a winner of it and train a winner of it and... Uh, my brother Paul as well, and and Philip, and uh, yeah, and then to to get a, a spin from my uncle Arthur in it, and uh, that was incredible, um, incredible experience, incredible day, and uh, definitely never forget that day, and uh, um, just brilliant, just great atmosphere as well, my local town, and uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. What was the family like after that? As you said, there your dad won it as a as a as a trainer and also as, as a jockey. Your two yeah. brothers won it as well. Your uncle won it. Your your granddad yeah. as well. It's yeah. uh, amazing. Oh, unbelievable! Yeah. Like unbelievable. And to be part of all that is is great and uh, incredible. And like obviously, from a young girl, I was going to the Easter Festival uh, every year and the crowds. And I just remember cheering on Bobby Joe when I was about eleven or twelve, winning it, and uh, then to be able to ride in it and win was. Just dream come true. Obviously, uh, you married Ted. Um, how did you meet? Oh, we met at Cheltenham. <laughs> at Cheltenham, fitting. <laughs> no, well, I knew before that, yeah. but uh, yeah, kind of, kind of kicked off at Cheltenham, really. And obviously, the coming together of two massive racing dynasties yeah. of yourself, and obviously, you know, as we know, it's, uh, Ted Walsh Jr. We know about his dad and Katie as well, and and and, and Ruby. That must have been quite the wedding. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was brilliant. Eh? Um, yeah, we. Uh, we got married in 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 Rotot, in the in the church in Rotot, and um, good friends of my 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 mum and dad's uh, Ray Coyle and Roz, they uh, they gave us tater pack to to get married in, so we had a great day there, and uh, it was brilliant. We we partied till all hours. <laughs> was it was it hard to get a date that suited everybody with with, with so, yes, so many? Yes, that's jobs? it. It was yeah. a Tuesday. It was yeah. a Tuesday in the middle of the winter, so <laughs> there was no race on the next day. Yeah. So it's just typical uh, of my schedule at the time. It was just we were trying to get when everyone had no racing on the next day. So obviously, I want to talk about another significant time. Obviously, it was September 2017. You returned after what I presume was it was a, a really emotionally charged year. You you gave birth to your to your daughter. To Rosie May, your dad passed away in July. Yeah, you know, getting back on back in action. Then, how, how difficult was it? And what's going through your head? Of course, you got you got a winner that September. Yeah, no, like I always had in my head that I want to go back after I had Rosie and uh, just get back going again. And uh, yeah, brilliant start. Noel, Noel had lovely bumper horses come back to. So yeah, no, brilliant. And um, yeah, obviously it was just. It was hard going. Obviously, Dad had passed away during during uh, during the summer as well. But um, just had to to put the head down and keep going. And um, but by the end of this that season, though, I felt that it was just I knew coming into the next season. As I said, summer summer is very hard on you. Um, you need to be at your at your best, you know. And I just knew coming into the summer. Obviously, Rosie's getting to a year old, and uh, I just felt. That I, my time schedule was just so hard, and I was basically picking her up at six o'clock, dropping her off at six, and picking her up at six, and maybe I wouldn't be picking her up at all. And coming into the summer, I knew that wasn't going to happen at all. I probably mightn't even see her for a couple of days because Ted would probably have to drop her off or whatever. And I just didn't want that. And it, it was starting to come to an end anyway. I wanted to start to try and do 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 other things, and 
Yeah, so that's probably why I just took the, the step back. And um, it was nice to finish on a, a good ending and ride a winner for ending JP. Obviously, we mentioned Rosie there. You have Collie as well, but your daughter Rosie, I'm assuming she's she four now. Rosie's four, yeah. Um, Holly's one and a half. Is she into racing? Is she at that age where she's kind of absorbing it now? Yeah, she doesn't really understand, but she knows the horse in the yard and she knows their names. And I'd say I'm going racing and she's, is, Den is Denard running, mummy? I said, yeah. And she, will she win, mummy? <laughs> I said, yeah, hopefully she'll win or whatever. But uh, I said, yeah, no, she she understands, but um, she hasn't quite got the the realisation what, what it means at the minute, but uh, she will. A couple of uh, highlights uh, from your career. We've mentioned some there, but I want to get your own take on some as well. Um, your your proudest moment of your career? Proudest moment? Oh, the <laughs> Irish National, I suppose, definitely. Yeah. is definitely a proud, very proud moment. Um, a tough one, I know, to ask, to ask anybody, but your, your favourite horse? Is there a horse that stands out? On the fringe. Yeah, obviously a winner, winner everywhere with that. Yeah, yeah, on the fringe. Um, He's, he did he bring a tear to your eye, you know, yeah. and just the horse that obviously John, John Thomas McNamara was very close to as well and always thought a lot of and um, unfortunately John Thomas couldn't get to ride him at Cheltenham and uh, yeah, no, it was, the, it, was, it was nice for me to be able to, to ride him and to show how good he was and uh, no, it was brilliant to be a part of him. Obviously massive success. What do you think made you so special as a jockey? Oh God! I, <laughs> um, I don't know. I suppose. I'll get the tough ones for the end. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> I tried very hard. I not knowingly tried very hard, and was just wanting to learn more. And uh, obviously, I had a lot of good people around me at the, at the start, and I was just watching all the time. And yeah, so basically, a lot of that coming together and having the determination to try and do it at the end of the day, and I hopefully trying just trying my best I suppose at the end of the day yeah obviously we, we listed off some there but the first female the jockey to win a grade one first female winner at Cheltenham as you said in 18 years second ever female winner of the Irish Grand National do you recognize the significance of what you did not just I suppose for for female jockeys and I know female jockeys want to be called jockeys but for female jockeys but also for female sports people in this country Nina obviously I look back and I think I think I don't think I make them. And then I think, gee, there's hardly any people, you know, riding. So then I'm like, yeah, definitely. I hope I help people and I watch Rachel. I'm so proud of Rachel now being able to do all she's done, you know, and um, I'm hoping that she's got the opportunities through what myself and Katie and the other girls around at the time, Lisa O'Neill, I hope we, we helped her do that, you know, and um, it's lovely to see her doing so well, doing brilliantly, like, and I'm very proud of her. Is, is it only kind of now that you can you can sort of reflect on the part you played at the time? Were you overly aware of it or were you no. just trying to win races? No, just trying to win races, yeah. not even thinking. But looking back, as you said, definitely I've hoped that I've made the difference and um, it's brilliant for our sport. Does that make you emotional? Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that um, girls are coming through and, and um, doing really well and uh, it's nice to, to see them doing really well and hoping that I played a part. It must be an amazing feeling to know that you played a huge part in, in what is now a successful time. But like you said, at the time, you, you were one of the first. Yeah, no, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't obviously um, register with me at the time. I was just trying to do the best and not really realising I was a woman or a man. I was yeah. just doing my best. And uh, yeah, I think we've, we've a great sport. And um, obviously, if you're good enough, you, you'll be you recognised and you'll, you'll be given the opportunities. And we should be very proud of our sport. Well, Nina, thanks a million for dropping into us. It's been uh, great chatting to you. Thanks for it. Thank you.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 